Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Lavana Perpetual Swaps, live on Testnet with Donku. Let's take a listen. Hey, everybody. Uh, give me an emoji if you can hear me. Just doing a sound check. This is uh, Jonathan Kerr speaking. Uh, comms at Lavana. There we go. Thanks, uh, Rebel, Sandy. And um, we have our guest of honor here, uh, Danku. We're super excited to hear about uh, his recent trip. And um, so if you want to request to come up, um, we'll be able to bring you up on stage. Okay, so let's, uh, I guess, um, let, oh, there we go. Oh, thank you. Um, hey, thank you. Let's uh, just do a sound check. Hey, test one, two, one, two. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. You know, we can't be. Uh, we are on literally the opposite side of the planet. That just blows my mind. Like it's uh, it's 8 a.m. for you right now. Uh, no, it's 12. Exactly. So um, uh, noon. OK, so lean. You lean a little bit to the left. I'll lean a little bit to the right. And then we'll be. Exactly halfway, you know, opposite sides of the planet. Yeah, it's, but, uh, <laughs> it's it's crazy for me because usually I speak more with people from the Western Hemisphere in terms of right America, South America, whatever. And now being on that side is super weird and confusing for me that everybody is already going to bed or it's very late when I wake up. Um, I'm happy to be back to, uh, to Europe because I like it the other way around way more. <laughs> oh yes, no, absolutely. It's uh, I I hate crossing the Atlantic, uh, you know, and. Uh, and just being in like in, in the Americas is, uh, you know, I feel like, again, I feel like I could wake up at seven in the morning and uh, I still have missed half of the day. So I absolutely appreciate that. So let's uh, let's jump into it. We've got a great show lined up. Um, we've got some questions from our community for you. We've got, uh, you know, an exciting announcement. We just launched at Lavana um, the, the beta of our Perps V2, which is a well-funded Perps model. Uh, using notional assets as collateral and um, and uh, as uh, leverage barred assets, so similar to a model of GMX, and we'll get into kind of where the novelties are, um, how we came about this design. It was really influenced by the Terra crash, which you know I know uh, both uh, you and I were um, really at front row seats as to that whole fiasco, and so. Um, you know, happy to walk through that, but, but first let's, uh, let's talk about Cosmoverse. Like, you know, how is Mendelin? Yeah, it's, um, it has been a crazy ride right now. G give me a second. Um, un cappuccino in agua sin gas, por favor. Agua sin gas, cappuccino. Muchas gracias. De momento nada. Okay. Sí, sí. I'm so sorry. Just sit down here too. Yeah. 
No, no, that's uh, that. <laughs> I just sit down to get a second here and got immediately approached by <laughs> somebody to well, have. You... Uh... Go ahead, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, to Eris Famosa. You know, you are a famous guy, so you're going to run into, um, you know, to people wherever you wherever you go. So I'd love to hear. <laughs> Um, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit just about like what it was like, the best lecture that you had, the most surprising thing, you know, give us like you were there for, I mean, you've been there for like three, four days now. What was yeah. the, you know, give us like the, the two minute rundown. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I'm here since Friday and since then just running every day into people because the cool thing is I'm here in the Intercontinental Hotel in Medellin. Uh, which is more of the north um, east part, and there's also where the conference was. And shout out to uh, Cryptocito and everybody who was organizing Cosmoverse, like Jury and Fabian and all the guys that are um, involved. Because it's cool to have everybody at the same place. Because whenever you go either to grab a coffee, like right now, you just run and bump into people. And um, it's funny because I have been last year in November in the Cosmoverse, and it was way smaller. It was in a small hotel in Lisbon, and this is now triple the size. But the core contributors are still the same, right? Everybody knows people like Ethan Frey, Ethan Bachman, you have Zaki Menian and many more. And they're so approachable. And Sunny, for example, from Osmosis, you can just go to them. They always take the time. You can speak to them. And that's just the best experience ever. I need to tell you that I almost had no chance to sit down and listen <laughs> to any of the different uh, speeches or speakers note uh, that they had here. So that's right now on my list when I'm traveling back on Saturday to download now everything because everybody can go, for example, to this channel and listen to all the talks. I think it's 30 hours of recordings. And um, yeah, I have a 12, 14 hours flight in front of it's, me to really go 15, into detail of all of them. Pro tip, it's 15 <laughs> hours if you, want, if you listen to it at 2x. There you go. Exactly. That was my plan, <laughs> right? Going 2x, a few of them I heard before. And so I said, hey, I can make it happen. And then I'm deeply into that. I think the ones that a lot of people were interested in is, of course, Atom 2.0, which was presented on day number one. And then yesterday, there was a big announcement with the native USDC on Cosmos using interchain security, which is a big piece. Uh, I had the pleasure on Monday uh, to host a panel between Billy Rennekamp and GN Trembeck about interchain security, uh, which was super cool to be next to such uh, big and important personalities in the space. And then the other big topic is right now MEV. Right, where there was like a very interesting panel between the two projects which are working on this, which is MetaTech, and on the other side, it's Skip. And I think that there are topics that probably you are also very interested, uh, Jonathan, and uh, you would probably appreciate if you haven't heard it. That's no, I have not heard that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in, uh, in MEV. Uh, I'm not familiar. I mean, I'm very familiar with it from the Ethereum ecosystem. I haven't really studied it much within Cosmos, but uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's. Um, it's essentially it's ways for I guess in in our case on Cosmos for the validators to um, be able to to create um, uh, you know spe specific value um, from their their vantage point of block producers and so some of the good and and bad things that can you know that can come from that um, and how the open market can really Im impact that structure so it's a super interesting topic uh, but I, you know we'll have to save that for for another time you know you mentioned it and I. Um, you mentioned the USDC, so I'd love to kind of hear your take. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, I'd call it bittersweet, but I, I think in general, um, I'm very happy to see Circle taking Cosmos seriously. I think that it's going to, well, actually, um, let me just ask you, because uh, 
you know, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to lead the witness, uh, so to speak. <laughs> but so t- talk to me about uh, your thoughts around uh, um, Circle uh, bringing USDC natively as a, you know, an, an inter, can, um, uh, you know, an interchain secured um, native asset. Yeah, I think bittersweet is the best description you can do also to have it in a word describing what's happening here. I mean, both of us, you said it before, right, came from, let's say, an ecosystem which has a completely different idea in terms of uh, stable coins and that they should be decentralized. So probably it hurts a bit. But at the same time, um, we need to acknowledge that, first of all, it's a proven model, right? The USDC and USDT uh, being collateralized, hopefully, somewhere with real dollars in a bank. And um, on the other side, we also need to be aware of that DeFi and specifically crypto right now, Web3 can only be bootstrapped if, if there is liquidity, right? And USDC and USDT next to BUSD have right now the highest accessibility for introducing liquidity into an ecosystem. So this is a big step, I think, for the whole Cosmos space um, to push that narrative forward. But yeah, it's bittersweet because we know that USDC can blacklist, that has blacklist certain accounts. But uh, Larry also put out today, I think in the morning for me, a post asking like if it's even possible on the Cosmos ecosystem with IBC to blacklist now accounts for USDC. And if that's truly not the case, I need to look into this. Maybe we're even going more into a right direction, but still, right? Um, it's it's questionable because I think we were driving for decentralized stablecoin. I think we still are. There are other models out there based on MakerDAO, for example, shout out to Kojira with USK. Agoric is coming soon with IST. But in the end, we need attention. We need liquidity in Cosmos to truly work. Also for your solutions, I guess, long-term, the perps uh, in the whole ecosystem. And for that, we need stablecoins. And uh, if USDC brings more attention and liquidity, thank you. But then we need to keep pushing right, to find new solutions. That's my take. Uh, actually, funny thing that you mentioned that, um, and uh, I'll, I'll address it a little bit later, but one of the requirements that we had in, in building, uh, or I should say rebuilding, uh, Lavana Perps for Lavana Perps V2, is that we wanted to make it completely independent of stablecoins. We, we saw that uh, the, the, there isn't an effective model for, um, for uh, scalable, uh, liquid, uh, secure, and, or, and safe um, decentralized stablecoins. And we didn't want to build something that was dependent on centralized uh, banker coins uh, or stable coins. And so because of that, we, we really just completely changed the whole model to, to have a system where it's uh, very similar to GMX um, and some of the other you know, uh, newer generation uh, perpetuals where you open a position with a notional asset of collateral. So that could be Atom token, Osmo, uh, Juno, uh, and uh, you know, Kuji and, and the like. And then you actually take out leverage um, from LPs by borrowing collateral um, from a, the, from single pooled um, uh, from single pooled uh, collateral baskets of the same notional asset. So if you're depositing Osmo, and, and then the liquidity provider is also depositing Osmo, and then when you go up 10x leverage, actually, you know, if you if you deposited um, one Osmo token. Um, uh, and you wanted to 10x that on leverage, actually what you're doing under the hood is you're borrowing an additional nine uh, Osmo. You're paying a cost of capital fee or a borrower's fee. And then um, to the LP, you're also paying uh, a funding rate to, um, to create a, 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 um, a, a balanced, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a balanced market, um, a, a delta neutral market. And, uh, and so even though you can now take uh, up to 30x uh, leverage positions, you're never exposed to 
bridge risk and you're never exposed to um, uh, stablecoin risk. So stablecoins can't collapse on you. You know, bridges can't be closed on you. Um, uh, you know, the, the assets uh, can't be blacklisted or, or frozen. Um, and so those were kind of all the concerns kind of of being, you know, just still having the, the I wouldn't say open wounds anymore, but having the very fresh scars of everything that happened on Terra, those were kind of the requirements for the redesign was really to remove those um, those uh, fail points or those uh, choke points of the system. So while we can support collateralized positions with stable coins, and while if we wanted to have something exotic, like for example, something that wasn't on chain or wasn't uh, available as a notional asset, like let's say you wanted soybeans or um, you know the the price of of, uh, of oil or the euro, um, you know, let's say you want to short the euro. Um, not that anybody would want to short the euro, but if you wanted to short the euro with 30x leverage, then um, you would uh, then you'd be able to do that with a uh, a collateralized position where uh, you collateralized it with stable coins. Um, in this case, it would be USDC or Axelar USDC, uh, and then you would be taking out the leverage from. A, um, a leverage basket from liquidity providers, uh, also in stable coins. But the initial product, which what we brought to Testnet today, uh, is uh, uses on Testnet um, Osmo tokens as collateral. And so when you go to the uh, when you go to the beta, uh, which you can find at beta.lavana.exchange, so you'll notice that it'll automatically take you to the uh, USD Osmo market. And if you tap the faucet after you log in with your Kepler wallet, then you'll automatically get, uh, I think it's, you know, maybe it's 5,000 or it's 1,500, but you'll get a whole bunch of testnet Osmo. And then you'll be able to deposit that uh, directly into the platform and you'll be able to take that leverage. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting that you mentioned that, but we were trying to solve the problem of stable coins um, by avoiding them as much as possible. Got it. That makes sense. Um... I think in, in general, what you're talking about, stablecoin, it's not only about stablecoin, but also fiat somehow, which we're right now in a very weird environment where the dollar is just uh, appreciating so much and uh, everybody else in the world is putting a question mark if you're not paid in dollar, <laughs> most likely. So um, I think right now that's where crypto starts to shine even more, right? Having a sovereign alternative with digital assets. And um, at the same time, me not being a trader, as you know, um, I think it's more and more obvious that the main use case of crypto, which is product market fit, is everything around trading. And then, of course, the next level is leverage trading itself, which then perps are the basis also for that, which are just, uh, I think, the perfect product market fit for crypto um, as a whole. And um, yeah, I'm really much looking forward to use your solution, which uh, in Medellin, I haven't opened my laptop yet, so I haven't used it, but uh, I'll follow up <laughs> to get the experience on my side. Well, we've been live on Testnet for about 24 hours, and uh, and you guys have been going nuts. Um, we I'm looking at the platform right now. Uh, even just with the limited amount of funds that uh, users get available from the faucet, and the faucet has a captcha, and it has a um, you know, and it has a daily limit of one tap per 24 hours. There still is remarkably 28 million two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars equivalent of open interest in osmo so somebody has really been you know or a bunch of people have really been uh, using this uh you know and i guess just stress testing the the, the system um and uh jonathan knowing you I, I guess you have like 20 monitors right now in front of you and half of the revenue is coming from you sir right <laughs> going deep <laughs> and, nuts wish... and getting ready for for mainnet <laughs> 
Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been, yeah, yeah I've, I'm definitely a heavy user. And, you know, I, uh, in, you know, in another life, I was uh, uh, a head of QA. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's really, um, it's really interesting to play with it. And, and it's really just getting started. You know, there's a whole bunch of more features like limit orders and trigger orders, um, structured products or something that we're very interested in. We think that Cosmos is an amazing uh, place for structured products where you can do things, you can use uh, perpetuals um, to create market neutral positions or delta neutral positions where you get paid through the funding rate um, actually to have your position open. So perpetuals are one of the, those funky things where you can actually get paid to trade and to hold positions open. So I see that we have a question from the audience. Chubby, uh, you're welcome to, to come up and, uh, and ask anything that you like. Hey, yeah, no, I was just going to say Danku said something that was uh, pretty important there about um, you know, just like sovereignty and obviously everything going on in the world, but it's just important for everyone to make a distinction between crypto and uh, Bitcoin because that's the only truly sovereign uh, money that exists. And when shit hits the fan, um, that's where people will flee to. So just important to kind of make that distinction. Uh, I am a, a huge supporter of Bitcoin. I believe that uh, Bitcoin is a um, is a public good. And uh, that it was a, it really was truly just a, a gift um, that, you know, I, I believe that, uh, you know, the moniker of Satoshi Nakamoto was a group of people. Um, it was probably um, leaked from the NSA, you know, if just to put my uh, tinfoil hat on, because a product that was so well defined, um, you know, to, to, to come uh, to market, like as a final product, just software doesn't exist like that. It was almost like an immaculate uh, conception. And it's, uh, you know, I think that we're, we're really, um, you know, like blessed to be living in a time where uh, something like where, where a, a nonviolent choice of revolution is possible, um, where we can truly separate, um, you know, the state from, uh, from money, which is something that hasn't been possible in the modern age. So, you know, we're, where we're unfortunately we're too early to go and live on Mars, and you know we're too late to uh, you know barter for cows and chickens with uh, you know gold coins. But we did make it exactly in the slot where Bitcoin exists, and you know for that uh, you know I'm definitely thankful. So I I, I definitely agree that uh, you know that as the world kind of like falls apart, there's you know there's uh, the, the you know we have um, a saving grace um, you know which is uh, Bitcoin and. And that there is a distinction between kind of building a, a protocol, um, which is, uh, and creating a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization, um, and having a token related to the DAO is, is different than than building a money. Um, so uh, I, you know, I, I definitely agree with you there. So I see we have somebody else, uh, Sandy, that um, has come up here. I'd love to, you know, or Chubby, if you have anything else that you wanted to follow up there. Thank you. Maybe, is it okay if I go ahead and just uh, respond to what you said? Well, we've got some over. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to say uh, two things. First of all, it's been a pleasure to be here and here. Um, and you opened my eyes in that the people who are here are not looking at dips or, you know, that they're just involved in creating these systems. And as far as like people running to Bitcoin, I don't know about that. What I do know that on the ground, there are people in Nigeria, in Cuba, in Iran, um, places where they're able to take their art. And um, from that, people collect or buying it um, and putting food on the table. So 
that is the picture that I have. And, I, and like you said, I'm very grateful that the system of Bitcoin came into existence and the people that are running with the ball and developing these systems that are now existing are really, truly creating a new paradigm. And thank you very much for uh, letting me to speak. Uh, my collection is on Omniflix. I am in the Cosmos ecosystem because they're not in competition. They're enabling this amazing change that is happening in the world. Thank you very much. Well, well thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And um, so we, um, you know, we're big NFT fans, uh, you know, as, as everybody that's listening uh, knows. And so definitely believe in the concept of, of collectibles and in the value of art and in creating beauty. And uh, that, um, that as more and more of our life and world becomes digital, that more of it will, um, you know, that, uh, that collecting things in the digital space uh, will continue to create um, a very important uh, um, opportunity, both for artists and collectors and, you know, and, and really everyone, merchants. So I have here from the community um, an, a question for Danku. It says, I appreciate the content that you create on YouTube. I noticed that you covered multiple platforms with plans for rolling out uh, derivatives like Kajira, Says Vortex, and uh, currently active uh, GMX and DYDX. So that wasn't the question. That was the, the preamble. So what are your thoughts on having multiple perps platforms in the Cosmos ecosystem? So that's the first question for you, Danko. Um, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I've been covering uh, a lot of different platforms lately because I think it's just amazing to understand how they work. Um, I think it's competition is the best thing that always happens in life, right? Um, I think, first of all, not everybody chooses the same design. Uh, to make something happen. I think, for example, GMX got a lot of traction lately. You also talked about this, Jonathan, or when we had it off track, uh, talked about this. And then there are others like DYDX coming now to Cosmos as an own chain. So a completely new approach to this. So in the end, I think that competition is good. I don't think that one wins at all. It has always different base layers and also different probably assets that will be traded on. That's also a topic of liquidity. I don't think that one will take all the liquidity. So that's my thought of that. Competition is good because it uh, drives innovation. And um, if he would like to ask me kind of which one is right now ahead, I don't even know, right? I would say we just need to wait a bit more, uh, check out how it goes, how Levana takes over <laughs> and see uh, where the direction is going. In the end, competition is the best that can happen. Uh, absolutely. I think competition is what uh, forces people to innovate. And it's what uh, allows people to say, what if and to, to challenge themselves and to build something new that didn't previously exist. Uh, and I think that, um, that if you look at the uh, marketplaces, you know, between, you know, Kajira and Vortex, um, DYDX and, and GMX, each one of them has um, different things that they are the best at, uh, that, they, um, that they really go to shine. I think that the, the order book model is really great for, um, for, uh, for very particular uh, trades, you know, you get the minutia um, of your uh, opening and closing positions, and and it, and there's a lot of information that's communicated um, through looking at the order book and understanding the order book. But the downside of it is that it really becomes a barrier from a market making perspective uh, for most people to participate. And so I think that's kind of where um, DYDX has done a really great job. Um, uh, uh, you know, in um, in uh, in the actual trading platform, but has not um, you know been the place where um, you know people go to you know to make it to you know for the their liquidity providing position. Um, GMX, on the other hand, 
you know, had created a product, which I think was valuable enough to just be its own product, which was uh, the GLP token. And then they, you know, very uh, elegantly uh, tied the uh, protocol rewards to um, uh, to increasing the the position and rewards of GLP stakers. And then that um, it actually acted as an ETF so that you can have a blended uh, exposure to a large amount of assets. I mean, DYDX, Kajira, Vortex, they don't even begin to touch on that part of the, the platform. And then uh, also, um, you know, GMX doesn't have any slippage, which, you know, it, it can be a good thing, but can also make it subject to manipulation. So it depends on what assets are being listed. You know, the design so much, what we've realized over the last, let's say, six months um, is that so much of the very intricate details of the technical design have huge ramifications on what your protocol will be good at or terrible at. You know, GMX is, uh, I, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about, uh, about any other platform, but I think that this is actually one of their strengths. GMX is terrible at adding small cap tokens because of the, 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 um, the pool basket of liquidity. If you have a pool basket of liquidity, you can't add you know, hamster coin, the new, you know, the, the, the funky new coin that just launched and everybody's crazy. It's a fake coin. I'm just making this up, but you know, it's a, for, I was for trying to buy example. it already, Jonathan. Just <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, there's a, there's super liquid staking uh, on osmosis. Um, but um, no, so there's no real hamster coin, but if there was a hamster coin, it would be very difficult for a pooled um, liquidity to add that. Um, there's so much risk that's being shared, and there is there's the lacks of the nuance for where liquidity providers can say, "I want to be, um, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, provide liquidity for Bitcoin for the Bitcoin market. I want to provide liquidity for the Solana market or the the AVAX market." So that's just not possible because of the design decision that GMX made. So one thing that is a huge strength of theirs is that they have this ETF that makes it easy to just have have a blended exposure to some of the top crypto assets also becomes its Achilles heel because it, it can't um, adapt to markets as quickly as other platforms. And so one of the design decisions that Levana made was to have siloed liquidity. Each market is completely separate, which uh, means that multiple instances can more easily and more capitally efficiently be been spun up um, on different uh, cosmos chains and then um, and then new assets and assets that have a uh, smaller uh, liquidity like if you look you know Kajira has uh, like a hundred thousand dollars of uh, trading volume Juno has like half a million dollars of, of trading volume it, you know it's these these tokens um, where are, are still subject to whale manipulation and so because of that it um, you know it becomes a systemic risk if one market were to crash, it could bring down other other markets, um, and it's hard to um, it's hard to kickstart a new market when you have to be dependent on pooled liquidity. So these types of design decisions have um, you know far-reaching ramifications as to what are the nuance of your platform and how it's going to look and feel and what kind of personality and who you're going to be targeting. So it's been just an amazing adventure. And hey, Cfi, I see you up here. Thanks for thanks for joining and coming up. Um, hey guys. And uh, yeah, happy to just hear your thoughts uh, about the same question as to, you know, there's, you know, did, uh, perps is pretty much the only thing that makes money in a bear market. So what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the, the growing crowded room of, of perps, both within Cosmos and, the, and the, the greater crypto ecosystem? Can you guys hear me okay? I'm not sure my reception's so hot. 
Yeah, I, there's a little bit of a delay, but we, yeah, we hear you. So, um, yeah, the, the gentleman earlier who was mentioning sovereignty, I think maybe misunderstood sovereignty. Um, Bitcoin's about individual sovereignty, not so much about blockchain sovereignty. Um, you know, like Cosmos specifically is about blockchain sovereignty, where, you know, depending which chain you're on, um, you have different parameters, different things that can be decided by governance, by groups of people. And I think there's a very different use case than Bitcoin. To the question that was posed to Danku with all these different platforms, like, is that a good thing? Yeah, of course. It's just not only competition, but um, it, you can decentralize your personal assets, right? So if you have one chain that you're doing one thing on and one DAP or one perpetuals market you're doing something on, you can do something different in another place and diversify the, um, the locations of your assets. So you indirectly like promote decentralization in that way. Um, by distributing your funds to different projects that uh, may have different thesis and like different risks and benefits. And, um, and you can, it provides the community a way to compare and contrast things that work and don't work, right? It's like an evolutionary model where some of the bad designs are going to die. Like, who knows, maybe Levana will have a bad design and something bad will happen. And, um, you know, that's, that's always possible with any project. Um, but at the same time, it's like, this is how you innovate. This is how um, you evolve to create cool stuff. Absolutely. And you know what? We, um, we are building something new. We designed something new. And what I love about this industry is the trial by fire. And uh, 100%, there is the chance that the model will not perform how we expected, that it won't, um, you know, that we won't be able to capture fees um, in a way that uh, matches our projections. You know, that uh, that blockchain um, nuances, um, whether it's a uh, block time or, you know, uh, attack vectors, uh, you know, flash loans will be able to create um, attacks that we just hadn't thought of when it was just, uh, you know, theorizing, the, the, I think it's theorizing, um, being theoretical on, uh, you know, the different uh, methodologies. And and the trial by fire is really the opportunity to to. Um, to learn, um, uh, to learn from our mistakes, to hopefully not wreck anybody, and uh, to you know to to be able to either survive and grow stronger, or at least be a tomb, you know, become a tombstone. Um, nobody should you know take their own grave, but you know to become a tombstone that then others can walk past and and learn from. And that's you know really what we looked at is uh, you know looking at um, some of the other like virtual AMM models. Um, that uh, use the you know the constant product methodology is that we saw them all crash um, when Terra crashed, and so looking at their tombstones, that is what gave us the knowledge to and motivation to build something entirely new. And you know one of the reasons that we're so focused on um, at people using the beta uh, is exactly so that we can see how these attack vectors work. And we actually are going to be opening up, um, I believe, starting next week. Uh, a trading competition. So, well, you know, people will be able to go and create a new wallet on, on Kepler so that they don't need to dox themselves. Um, they'll be able to tap the faucet and then, you know, spend uh, a week or two trading. And then, you know, the, uh, and then there will be real prizes um, given out, um, fabulous prizes uh, given out uh, for, for the best traders. So, if, and by doing that, you're actually helping Levana to, uh, to do those tests, you know, with, you know, monopoly money, so to speak, testnet funds, um, so that we can hope to find any of these types of, uh, 
you know, calamities when it's all fun and games on testnet um, and not bring anything dangerous to, to mainnet. So I have here another question uh, for Danku, um, which is that uh, which is very similar to the first, but I think we'll ask it um, is uh, uh, I'm going to rephrase the question a little bit. Um, when as Cosmos grows and as there's more redundancies of uh, of applications, um, how do you as you know kind of an advanced retail user um, choose which platforms that you uh, like to use on a regular basis, one versus the other. How, what, what's help walk us through your decision making process, or do you not have a, a favorite, and you just kind of like you know uh, jump around in, in terms of your liquidity and your your habits? Um, yeah, so um, I I really don't know. I think in the end it becomes more that in real life we have a lot of different applications or possibilities that we use, and people just go to whatever they like. I think it um, blockchain becomes more like uh, normal life. So you have right now how many car brands out there that you could choose for. And you probably choose one because you like specifically the car, uh, the color, the, the design, the, the language, the community. I don't know, right? And I think this will be also replicated more and more on chain. Um, hopefully, if we understand that the future is fully tokenized, we just need more and more projects and protocols to fulfill also, I would say, legal restrictions of different countries. Maybe that's the case. I think it's not a bad piece in general, and that, that will lead to people just preferring one or the other. So I would not be concerned in terms of fragmenting liquidity or interest or whatever. That's how I see it. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I see it more like becoming normal <laughs> to use different applications. In yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, uh, to, to answer that question for myself, um, I have a tendency um, to, uh, you know, to, to, to lean on um, the, the UXs that I like the best, you know, once I find a product that, that, um, I find easy to use and, you know, I kind of go down the rabbit hole and, and I understand, um, how to be an LP and, you know, how to come and get my, uh, rewards. And, you know, then I kind of develop a habit and a relationship with the product. Like I did that with mirror, you know, I think I would go every day to mirror and, um, you know, and, and farm my rewards and, you know, rebalance my, um, you know, synthetic stock positions. And, and so it just became like a habit. And even when other products like synthetics and, you know, competitors came to market, um, I found myself really emotionally connected to mirror to the extent that I just wasn't really interested in like learning a new platform. So maybe I'm just like a boomer. Um, but, uh, but I find that when I find something that works, I, I tend to just uh, stick with that. Uh, Sefi, what do you think? Such a boomer, Sefi, that he wants not even to answer you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's right. That's right. Um, so we had a couple more questions. Uh, some questions about Lavana Perps. Um, so what makes Lavana Perps unique in comparison to current derivatives platforms? So we spoke about um, that it doesn't require stable coins. It can use stable coins, but it doesn't require them. Uh, we spoke about the fact that it um, it's entirely settled in notional assets, meaning crypto assets, that and it can be deployed independently on the chain that you're on so meaning we can completely remove bridges which is another major attack vector you know there's been billions of dollars of assets lost on bridges um over the you know over the years um and then um we've got uh um you know we've got uh another very interesting feature which is called the max gain feature which you can think of as a like an automatic take profits so one of the like uh, stress on a perpetual swap system is who's going to pay out the profits. 
you know, the, the crypto market moves um, very homogeneously. You know, when Bitcoin goes on a tear and just like runs to like, you know, 60K or 70K or, you know, eventually um, please got 100K, um, everybody becomes bullish. So now you've got a perps platform um, where especially like an instant settlement platform um, like the, you know, like the, the Levana perps model or the GMX model um, where, you know, everybody that comes onto the platform is just going to take like a 30x long position on Bitcoin. So now if Bitcoin doubles in price, so where actually does the money come from to pay out all of these people? So, so Levana Perps is actually called a well-funded model because all of the profits are um, locked in at the time of the potential profits are locked in um, from the liquidity pools at the time of the positions being open. Uh, and so there's no fear of insolvency. Insolvency is something that many platforms saw uh, saw in the in the crash in May, and then some of the uh, the other subsequent crashes like around Voyager and um, and Celsius, and um, or Three Arrows, and uh, and then the max max gains actually allows that if you are going to um, if you're going to put a an automatic take profit in your position um, at the time that you create the position. So then you actually create less stress on the platform because the platform needs to set aside less um, you know, profits for you. And those profits, you know, it still could be 10x, 20x, 30x. But as long as that you've defined that it is a max gain and that your position will close once you've reached that uh, multiplier, um, so the, the fees associated with that position are drastically lower than any other perps um, that, that we've seen, at least in our modeling. Again, as you know, Sefi pointed out it could be um, that we're way off in our numbers, but at least uh, the theory here is that, and we'll we'll see it in as people play with the testnet, and we'll see it as as we ca- as we roll out to a limited mainnet, is that the um, that as you slide the slider of max gains, it starts out at infinity. You know, just like any other um, uh, perps platform, you could have infinite gains, but if you choose optionally to go to lower gains than than the max you know, 10x, 20x, 30x, et cetera, um, then the, 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 the fees, the, the um, continuous uh, funding rate um, and borrow fees that you pay are drastically reduced. Um, so that, uh, those, those are some of the major differentiators um, from existing uh, platforms. And then, you know, the, uh, the, the siloed liquidity and the ability to launch, um, you know, small cap tokens. You know, those are, those are the ones that uh, I personally am most excited about. Um, so that's, uh, you know, the next question is that there's many retail investors that are intimidated using leverage. Do you have any recommendations or strategies that they can play with on testnet to develop a better understanding of how to become a better trader? Um, well, cough, cough, you know, there is the, the, the Lana testnet for perp. So uh, I would go and, and, and check that out. But, but in general, what I'd say is it's always good to paper trade for a while before you um before you start uh messing around with real capital because you know there is blow up risk there is liquidation and um and then even once you do start it's all about position sizing you know you should never go all in and this is a rule of thumb that somebody taught me in 2017 if you ever wake up at night um scared that your position is going to be wiped out it means that you're overexposed it means your leverage is too high you've got too much in the market that's a signal that is your body telling you that you need to de-risk your position in the market. So, 
you know, if you, and you should never put in more than you're afraid to lose. And, and definitely don't ever put anything like your family at risk or, you know, or your, your house, your livelihood. Like these are, you know, these are, those are signs of like, uh, you know, gambling addictions. So I would say that that's kind of my recommendation. I'm curious, you know, to hear from Danku or, or Sefi, um, do you guys leverage trade? Did you ever go through a period where you leveraged trade? Kind of was there a build up to it? Do you have any horror stories? You know, my horror story is I know I lost at least one Bitcoin, but I, I, I might have blocked out that I lost closer to three Bitcoin. Uh, not that anybody's counting, you know, um, you know, trading uh, on a BitMEX back in the day. Um, a Bitcoin meant something very different back then. But, you know, nonetheless, uh, that probably was more than I, I definitely in today's terms, that's more than I, I should have been willing to lose. So curious to hear your guys' story with uh, leverage trading. Uh, so for me, I don't know about Sefi, uh, I have literally no stories about leverage trading. Uh, I mean, we talked about this often, Jonathan, right? I'm truly not a trader, um, at all. And, um, yeah, I, I, as you said, right, I don't want to be basically glued to the, to the desktop, uh, or display, whatever monitor and uh, check out how it's moving up and down. And I'm also not very interested myself in, uh, checking out charts and technical analysis and trying then to find the perfect point and, take benefit of this. And it's uh, not a judgment from my side. It's just like, I, I don't find any benefit in doing so. Maybe also coming because somebody asked me this week about this from a perspective of, um, yeah, it's like, if I believe in an asset, I want to just hold it. I want to then uh, be part of maybe the community. I want to support it, by hold it as well. So that's why I just don't have any experience uh, or interest also in trading uh, myself. I've done it, of course, on your platform, testing it <clears throat> on a separate network when, <laughs> when you started to deploy it there for the first time on testnet. Uh, and I think it's cool and it's impressive that people uh, can take benefit of uh, it while GMX is showing that often traders lose more than win, it seems. <laughs> and there we have the proof, but um, that's why I don't have any experience there. I mean, having lived through a heavy crash in May, which both of us have been part of, Jonathan, right? It's like... Um, yeah, this kind of waking up in the middle of the night while this is, of course, a very special situation uh, is something that I've experienced myself. And uh, the topic of risk management and getting better into that and hedging against your own position, using options, which I think Levana will also explore, it's uh, something worthwhile thinking of before even moving into this game. That's just my experience in general. That, you know, I knew that... Uh... You know, I've asked you that question probably 10 times now. Have you ever traded? And a big, uh, you know, some part of me is, you know, knows that at some point you're going to say, well, I dabbled it in a little bit, you know, I, uh, you know, so there's, you know, there's always a, there's always a first time for everything, but I, I definitely, um, appreciate, um, that mentality. And, you know, personally now I haven't leveraged traded, um, in, in, I guess over a year now, um, since I've had any leverage positions, um, I had a bit of a blow up, um, you know, in my last, uh, um, you know, my last encounter. And so I'm still kind of recovering from that. But what I am interested in um, is these uh, these uh, cash and carry positions. So I'm curious, Danku and, and Sefi, I know I, I cut you off. I don't know if you if you can uh, come back on, but uh, so I'll pause in a second. Yeah. I want to hear your, your answer. So why don't you tell us what's your experience with leverage trading? Um, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Cool. Um, yeah, I think there's different, uh, I think you should use it as a tool. Um, you can use it, for example, I don't know, let's say you have a whole bunch of Adam or something and Adam has a big run up and you're not interested in selling your primary position, 
but you're like looking at maybe taking some off the table. So instead of selling it, you might take on a short position. Why would you do this? So that you can have better tax efficiency. You're not necessarily paying the same like capital gains depending on your ta tax jurisdiction. Um, there could be reasons why you might take on leverage. Like let's say if I wanna get, I only have like $50, but I want $100 worth of exposure, but I'm willing to lose the 50, then you know I might be able to use a smaller amount of capital and expose myself to a higher amount of risk. Um, and then there's other factors like, let's say I have an asset I don't wanna sell, but I wanna borrow against it in order to use it for whatever function I might have. And I believe in the underlying asset for whatever reason, I wanna hold that and I don't wanna sell it. That might be another reason to borrow off of something. Um, and then perpetuals of course have a slightly different model where you're essentially typically paying, you know, like a borrowing cost that's baked into the system somewhere. And then your, but your thesis is for whatever reason that this is something that's going to go up. Um, so no matter how you look at it, like all trading um, in, and all investing uh, has an element of uh, gambling in it, an element of time risk, an element of uh, capital risk and everything else. Um, and I think uh, you use the tools, you know, in a way that you believe is going to help you. And even then you can lose some money. But like you guys said before, like if you're losing sleep over things, then you probably have too much money in a leverage system or otherwise. And that's, I think, fairly obvious if you've been at this long enough. I think um, if you haven't been playing with money and any substantial quantities for a very long time, you haven't been, um, you haven't noticed this yet, <laughs> but it depends on how long you've been doing this. And I think, um, unfortunately, like some of the hardest lessons generally come from experience. Um, but also some of the positive lessons come from experience. So, um, yeah, there's, there's some things you can't be told. You, you won't believe it until you actually feel it for yourself, <laughs> whether it's monetary loss or whatever else. So, uh, yeah, keep that. Yeah, it is, uh, it is, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I, you know, I read stories, um, you know, I read, uh, uh, reminiscence of a stock operator, which I highly recommend that book, um, to everybody here. You know, it's a, it's an easy read. Um, it's, uh, you know, a story of a very successful and then unsuccessful trader in, you know, through the, before the great depression and into, you know, that time period, like the twenties and thirties. Um, and so kind of always knew that like going from like literally being like, uh, you know, it, like very wealthy to like actually being like poor and, you know, not, I mean, just, just that, that happening in like a day or two, um, it's just, it's a, it's an unbelievable experience. And it's, uh, and, and now it's like, not only, I mean, man, you know, having like, uh, like a whole group of friends and like going through it all together, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, it is, it's, it, it really does put things into perspective. Um, and, uh, I, if you've never been through it, uh, you know, you should be thankful. It's not something I would definitely wish on anybody else. Um, but, uh, I think that I'm very confident that, you know, uh, a decade from now, uh, we will look back on this and well, we will have seen that, you know, everything that we went through ultimately made us stronger. Um, the, 
you know, something else um, that that I think that you you kind of hit the the nail on is is that, and I think that this would be you know directly relevant to you, Danku, as a validator and as somebody who you know is staking tokens or delegating tokens, is that um, with a lot of these uh, long unlock periods, you might find yourself in a position where you know you're staking a bunch of atom. Adam runs up. You're looking at like you've got a million bucks, you know, or something like that. Please God, in in uh, in Adam, and, and you know, is staked. And there's you know, it's going to take weeks to be able to liquidate that position. So you can't really, you can't, you know, you can use a short position on leverage um, to actually create a market neutral exposure. So I don't know, Danku, if you've ever kind of looked at that as a strategy because it's not really trading per se it's just cre- using um uh leverage and specifically short positions on leverage in order to be able to um create hedges so curious yeah. if you've ever thought about hedges or, or ever used uh, used leverage for hedges or would be interested in using leverage for hedges i'm totally interested and i agree with you it should just be part i think of a toolkit um, I think we're right now in defender position where we're just getting the tools really on chain decentralized to make it happen for a multitude of coins which has not been available before, right? I think in hindsight it was so easy, right, to protect yourself. But uh, yeah, we are missing also the amount of protocols to make this happen on a broader scale at the moment. And of course, even if they are there, I think you talked about this, Jonathan, uh, the liquidity because if everybody gets hit by this, is it even possible to still use them properly? But um, I'm 100% on your side. Um, this is something of a toolkit that I'm trying to improve right now and then sharing hopefully also soon with content on that piece. So there is nothing against it. And I would even recommend it everybody uh, after what we have witnessed in 2022, specifically in May, that uh, there needs to be more sophistication in terms of how to use all these tools to not exactly, as you said, um, short somebody out and dump on somebody, but more of, hey, I'm anyway paying here money right in terms of uh that i have the position open but to on the other side protect my own uh, position so i think that's totally fine in the right way and we as a validator as you said um you want to improve our let's say communication to what it means to stake and with the different days and uh i have on my roadmap to work out how people can yeah hedge against the certain positions to be just uh living a more let's say safer and having better sleep <laughs> to go forward with staking 100 percent yeah, and and I think that the next step is that we automate these these uh, positions, you know that uh, that combinations of of uh, liquid staking tokens, um, and uh, you know like being able to detect in your wallet. Like I imagine going to a dashboard on Havana, and you can you can just kind of click the strategy that you want. Like I want to um, I want to farm. I want a market neutral validating strategy for osmosis and then it just takes your capital which would you know start in usdc and it would maintain that market neutrality so essentially you're not subject to the ups and downs of osmosis i mean even though the osmosis token you know has been relatively uh benign in its volatility in, in recent memory um but uh if you wanted to um you know to still be able to uh be an lp and and reduce impermanent loss and and not be exposed to the you know the change of the price of the assets. So then, just a few clicks in like a structured product um, can uh, provide that for you. And that's that's kind of the you know stage two of um, or even like stage three if you know when you combine 
you have options, you can get calls and puts and you can have um, well-funded perps and you can you tokenize the perp positions. We're actually tokenizing the perp positions in the back end. We don't have it revealed in the front end now, but actually every position is an NFT. So because they're all well-funded, um, you can actually take your position and you could just send it to somebody. So you could even like open up, you know, a 10X long um, Juno position and then just send it to someone as a gift. And then they would have it. And then when they came to the, you know, to Lalama's dashboard, um, they would see that their account balance had that, uh, that position open, you know, or a third party application could be built that uses the leverage position as some type of collateral, you know, or, you know, all different types of, um, you know, reputation management, um, you know, to show trading history and, I think there's, you know, the interoperability of having positions represented as NFTs um, is very powerful. And I think that's something that we brought to the table that's innovative. That's kind of like we're, you know, trying to play like a 4D chess here a little bit as to like, how is this platform going to be used, you know, a year from now? So it's, um, I know we're, we're almost out of time. Um, so if there are any, yeah, go ahead, Danko. No, that's what I wanted to say, because I also need to jump uh, into or prepare the next interview that I have here in Medellin. And um, yeah, I wanted to say a big thank you for even the invitation. It was good to talk to you again, um, Jonathan. And I'm yeah, really much looking forward to finally use uh, your solution. And you know, I always ask the when on mainnet, and I hope it's pretty soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we um, we are pushing. Um, we got one quote for an audit um, in mid October um, from from one company, but the. The, the, the company that we are um, most, you know, that we, I think we're most excited to, to audit, uh, to get audited by, um, you know, because we have a previous relationship, um, they gave us a slot at the beginning of November. Um, so, you know, depending upon, you know, historically, our last audit uh, on PERPS took about three weeks. Um, this is a little bit more of a complicated system. So let's say we put it into a buffer. So let's say we get that slot for audit at the beginning of November. Um, and then, uh, you know, let's, let's say it's the first week of November. I'm going to try and, and, and uh, uh, you know, and look at what's the latest that this could possibly be. So if we get that last, that slot, you know, the first week of November, then um, let's say it takes them, you know, four weeks and then we've got to clean up. Um, and so where we'd be looking at like a December uh, mainnet launch for, for perps. Um, and again, that's just, you know, because of like, really cool. we, Looking we, forward to yeah, that we don't want, yeah. So thank you. Feel free to hop off. Uh, I'm going to, uh, answer some questions now, but you know, it's always a pleasure. And, um, if, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably meet up in, in Berlin sometime, you know, by uh, sometime early next year. Um, you know, it's, it's on my, nice on my list. Yep. Um, <laughs> Can't so wait. Some, Have a good one. All right. Take care. So we've got some questions from the community. Will perps require KYC? So as long as um, as long as the um, landscape of uh, DeFi is you know generally has solutions that don't require KYC, then I would imagine that uh, um, Lavana's DeFi products would follow suit with that. Um, and will it be perps to be available in all countries? So no. So there will be the front end uh, will be geofenced um, Americans, American citizens. Um, uh, you know, pretty much anybody that's controlled by a totalitarian uh, regime that, um, you know, that uh, tells their citizens, you know, uh, you know, what they are allowed to do with their own money, 
um, will not be welcome to use the front end. Um, obviously, there's no way for the Levana team. Levana team is simply just a publisher of code. So there's no way for the, you know, um, the Levana Foundation or any of the core contributors um, to be able to prevent someone from hooking up their own front end or using smart contracts like that. You know, it's uh, the, the, the chains that the, plat- that the, the um, protocol will be published to will be permissionless. Um, but, um, you know, very clear. Uh, no, nobody ruled by, you know, uh, uh, by, um, you know, like these, I don't even know what, what to call them, but, uh, by these, uh, these, um, aggressive regimes will be welcome to use it because, you know, we don't want to see kind of the same things that happened to BZX, um, where the Dow was, uh, you know, um, got, got heat and, you know the uh, the the core team got heat and things like that, all because um, you know they they allowed certain jurisdictions uh, like the United States to have access to the platform. So there will be a very conservative approach to that. So no U.S. users, um, no users in in other countries that uh, that are that that these types of services are not welcomed by the government. Um, but there's you know there's a big world out there. There's plenty of places to live. Um, you know, plenty of nationalities to be. So, if you don't like what your government is doing, you know, you, you it's, there's a, there's a big, a wide world out there, and you're always welcome to spread your wings and fly. Um, next uh, question was: Any future plans to include liquid staking assets in Levana Perps? Um, price feeds are the main problem. It's very hard to get price feeds for. Um, uh, I don't know if you're clapping, Rebel, or you're raising your hand, but it's good to see the feedback anyways. Um, so price feeds are always a challenge with some of these exotic uh, liquid staking assets. Um, but we have been in talks with uh, oracles, you know, specifically oracles that have their eyes on moving to um, Cosmos and moving to uh, like Juno, which is, uh, you know, the, where we, we currently reside on Testnet. Um, you know, very, very excited about the Juno community um, and everything that they have to offer. Um, so uh, once there are competent um, price feeds, then uh, liquid staking assets um, become a reality. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's a note here from one of the mods on Discord, which says, please ask people not to raise tickets just to say they use testnet. Tickets should be used for genuine feedback only and not pro- uh, only or problem reports. So yes, yeah, so um, we haven't announced any formal um, incentivization plan for perps or for options um, that hasn't stopped a lot of you guys and gals from you know really pounding the system. So thank you for that. And um, I I recommend um, using it uh, when you connect, when you tap the faucet, and when you open a position. Um, you should be aware that your uh, your Kepler wallet. Uh, address your public address is being recorded and put onto a list of people that actively used it. And then, as I mentioned before, uh, you can join our Discord to learn more about the upcoming trading competition. And that trading competition will have, uh, you know, fabulous prizes. Um, so that those are the questions that we got. Um, and one of them is, will it be recorded? So I guess if you're listening to this then you know the answer to that question. Um, so if anybody in the audience wants to come up or has any questions that they'd like to share, you guys are, are welcome to, to jump up here. If not, then uh, 
you know, this, the, this might be the very first um, time that I hosted that I actually was able to uh, close on time. All right, going once, going twice, and that's it. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Um, we have uh, these AMAs. We try and get interesting guests and stay on topic. We try and combine these um, AMAs every Thursday uh, with a little bit of what's happening in the crypto space, what's happening in the Cosmos um, space, and then what's happening with Levana. And uh, we try and throw in a little bit of, uh, of morals and ethics you know, around what makes crypto important and what is it that we're trying to do here. So you know, stay tuned um, and we look forward to uh, having you as a listener and a speaker in future AMAs. And join our Discord to find out more about how to get started with the uh, testnet perps and testnet options and how to participate in the upcoming uh, trading competition. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Lavana Perpetual Swaps, live on Testnet with Donku. Recorded on Thursday, September 29th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den. Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little Danny vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next. No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up. Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol, but it didn't matter. We was all hyped up when the pedal hit the metal. He just didn't have the right skill. Watched in the daytime till the night curfew. Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you. Got a little job that falls under my purview. We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Channel spaces.